1: Hello and welcome to Excel today. I'm excited that you are here. God, richly really bless you for being here. We want to encourage you to share the link with as many people as possible. Let them also be blessed by the ministry of God's word. Why don't you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord. That is a time you have ordained that we would be enriched by your word to be equipped for a life of all-round excellence. We know that you have great plans for us. And those plans cannot be fulfilled without our cooperation and so lord we cooperate with you this time as we learn wisdom at your feet and we embrace your thoughts we begin to walk in your higher ways and we begin to experience your greater things that you've ordained for us we give you praise we give you glory thank you for everyone watching this broadcast now or may watch it thereafter let grace rest upon them and transform their lives from glory to glory in jesus precious name amen and amen God richly really bless you for being here. We've been on a series that we are broadly captioned, a better me. A better me. And we have established the fact that everybody aspires to be better. There is nobody who does not want to be better. All of us we want to be better. We want to advance in our finances we want to advance in our health we want to do better every day of our lives every year of our lives every moment of our lives there is nowhere we get to in life according to maslow's uh, law uh, there is no there, there's no there's no point you get to where you are satisfied you always want to achieve more and more and scripture also expects same from us. God wants the best for us. As long as we live, God expects us to be moving from glory to glory, glory to glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. We are with open faith beholding us in the glass. Every time we behold the word of God, we are to be changed from glory to glory. Romans 12 2. It said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, we are constantly transformed into a better state as we expose ourselves to the Word of God. And in this series, we've been looking at the fact that if you are going to be better, we have to capture a vision to be better. And then we proceeded to look at the fact that we need to form better habits. In addition to a vision to be better, you need to form better habits. yes. You need a better habit. A habit is what translates your vision into reality. If you not be a daydreamer, but you walk in the reality of your dreams and your vision, you need to form, concretize your vision by forming better habits. And we looked at spiritual habits. Last week, I began looking at uh, the other components of our existence. We say that As human beings, we exist according to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. We exist in three states. We are spirit, we have a soul, and then we live in a body. That's how God has wired us. Your soul is made up of your your mind or your intellect, your will, and your emotions. And if you are going to live a better life, not only must you be spiritually in shape, you also need to be physically in shape. And in this session, we are focusing on habits that will help us to be able to stay emotionally fit or fit in in terms of our soul. And then also to stay fit in terms of our bodies. And I said that the habits that I'm going to be focusing on last week, if you are able to embrace them, a number of things are going to happen. It's going to affect your emotional health and physical health. You will stay healthy in body and then in your soul. It's also going to affect your personal productivity and success. And I, want you, I, I know that you want to be more productive. You want to be more successful. If you must attain that these habits are habits you must not joke with. And then of course, it's also going to help you build healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. The, more, the better your relationships, the greater or the more effective you can live your life. And then, of course, by and large, ultimately, it's also going to impact on your financial health or your finances. And so, what are these habits that are essential if you are going to live a life where our spirit is healthy, our soul is healthy, and our body is healthy? And particularly, the two last parts, the soul and the body. We said that if you are going to live in this life and become a better version of ourselves, we have to look at forming these habits. And one of them we touched on last week is the habit of learning. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 2. It said, And also that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good. It is not good that the soul be without knowledge. Your soul depends on knowledge the same way your physical body depends on food. If you must live a healthy life, you must have a healthy soul, and you need it. Your spirit is perfect, but for you to enjoy the full dividends of your spirit, not only must your physical body, which is the house of your spirit, be in shape, but your soul, which translates or uh, transmits, The the benefit in your spirit allows it to impart your body, must also be in health. And one way to keep your soul in health is to give yourself to knowledge or learning. Many people don't have regard for knowledge. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15 intelligent people are always ready to learn, their ears are open to knowledge. May your ears be open to knowledge. Wise people are open to knowledge, they are excited. When they hear about Excel today, because they are looking forward to learning something new that can enrich their lives and make them better people. And so we have to be open to learning. Learning is something we begin doing from the day we are born to the day we die. And the whole adventure of life is about learning. The better you learn, the better you become. So it's important that you learn to learn. You must learn to learn. You must learn to learn. All the time, look for ways by which you can learn and learn better. And so, we looked at avenues of learning. We said learning can be formal or informal. And the formal one had to do with going to school. And if you are young, and I mean, at whatever age, you can still go to school. We live in an age where there's a lot of talk about adult education. So, even if you are old and you were robbed of education when you were young, yourself can go back to school and learn something. There are a lot of the units around in the tertiary institutions are running mature programs where adults can just walk in and then they'll be guided and they are able to pick up some courses and then read their lives. so you have to learn formal education those of us who are parents we also have a responsibility to make sure that our children get the best of formal education it is key we saw that how peter and his guys were untrained were uneducated and they spoke confidently and boldly because of the association with christ and then we said that besides going to school you also have to learn by reading reading a lot of people go to school and they read to pass exams they don't learn to read to pass life you see the exam you write in the regimented classroom is a small microcosm of the many exams you have to write in life life will present you with many examinations and if you are going to write past the exams life will present to you it depends on your ability to continue learning after after you have left school. Many people leave school and they cease learning. I don't want you to suffer from that disease. A lot of educated people are plagued with that disease. They went to school and sometimes they, they made great grades at school. But beyond school, Beyond the four walls of a school classroom, they are not committed learners. I want you to be a committed learner. Be a reader. Read. They say leaders are readers. If you must become a leader in your field, you must be a committed reader. Give yourself to reading. Don't just leave your mind ajar. The mind is such that if you leave it without consciously and intentionally filling it with good stuff, negative things will fill it up nobody's mind is ideal you have to intentionally engage your mind or satan will unintentionally Engage your mind. May that not be your testimony. So we have to learn. The Bible said "Till I come, give attendance to reading. Read, read to enrich your mind. Read to build up your ability to communicate and express yourself. Read to enhance your confidence. Read so that your mind can stay young and fresh. You need to be a reader. And I pray that the grace to read will come upon you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Don't just be spending your time just watching videos. Watching videos It's great to watch videos. I watch some good videos myself, but it's important to understand that the value we get from reading is far exceeds any amount of value you get from watching a video. So it's great. Learn to be a reader. And then, of course, Solomon also learned through observation. We looked at Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to 34. I walk by the field of a lazy man, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls are broken down. Then as I looked and I thought about it, I learned this lesson. As I looked and I thought about it, I learned this lesson. Solomon went on an excursion. He walked around his neighborhood and he was just observing, walking about and observing. Sometimes we may not have the benefit of formal education. We may not have the ability to read, but we have the ability to see. God is a good God. If you can't read, you can see. If you can see, you can hear. So there are various ways by which we can learn. Solomon took an excursion, and by his observation, he learned vital lessons for life. Solomon realized that if you must become, take dominion and excel in life, you have to be a diligent person. If you want to end up poor and broke, then you can go ahead and be lazy with life. But to excel and be outstanding, you must be a diligent person. That was the lesson he learned just by observing people who were failing around him. You will not be a failure in the name of Jesus. Then, so, we, we learn by going to school, by reading, by observing. We also learn by asking questions. We learn by asking questions. Acts chapter 2 verse 46. We are continuing. He says, after three days, they found him in the temple court... Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. When you read the same book of Acts chapter 2, verse 40, the Bible said, And the child grew, became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. The child Jesus grew, was strong, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. How did Jesus grow? How did Jesus grow in wisdom? How did Jesus experience the grace of God? Don't forget the Bible says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through knowledge. So the more knowledge Jesus acquired, the more he grew in grace. The more knowledge Jesus acquired, the more he increased in wisdom. The child grew, was strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. When you come to verse 46, 2:46, verse he tells us one of the things that helped Jesus. To grow, was strong in spirit, and be filled with wisdom, and to enjoy the limitless grace of God. How did it happen? The Bible said one of the habits Jesus had was a habit of asking questions. Do you have a habit of asking questions? When you are around successful people, when you are around people who do what you admire, do you ask them questions? Do you ask them questions about whether it's when you you meet people who are more prayerful, do you ask them questions how they are able to make time to pray? What kind of prayers they pray? you do you make time to ask if you meet somebody who is financially successful do you spend time asking how they manage their finances these are critical things you need to learn to ask be a questioner don't go through life just observing things and asking nothing ask questions when you ask questions a wise man said he who asks a question remains a fool but once I me mean, i don't want to ask a question they will think that i don't know anything yes Let them think you don't know anything. But beyond that, what you learn from them, you get to know it. And beyond that, from that day onwards, you are no longer an ignorant person. So learn to ask questions. If you ask, you look at the life of Jesus, his disciples. they, They became the extraordinary men they became, not by formal education, but being around Christ and asking him questions. They saw the courage of Peter. Peter became an outstanding personality because they had closely associated with Christ. And in those three and a half years they worked with him, they asked him many questions. You remember, Jesus will give a teaching to the general congregation, and in his private time, the disciples will ask him, uh, The parable you were talking about, the sower, what exactly did you mean? Who is the sower? And what is uh, the sowing about? And Jesus took time to explain to them one after the other. That's how they grew. That's how they became bold. That's why they could turn their word upside down. They were ordinary people. They had not gone to school. But because they had learned through the method or the habit of asking questions frequently, particularly Apostle Peter, They became outstanding men. You will also be outstanding in your time and in your generation. And it's because you also ask questions. Another way we learn is also through association. Association. When you learn to associate, there are people you must associate with. I believe in the power of association. I believe that you cannot fulfill your full potential in God without being rightly aligned. You need to choose your friends. You didn't choose your mother, you didn't choose your siblings, but you have to choose your friends because they impact you positively or negatively. The Bible says in someone, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly so you are simply blessed because you are surrounded by the right people when the godly people are around you when righteous people wise people are around you when your friends are intelligent people you are blessed it's a blessing to have good relationships in your life who are your friends who do you confide in what do you talk about is it facebook gossips or it about your latest revelation from scripture or the latest book you have read, which is changing your marriage, which is changing your paradigm, is that are those the people you relate with, or you relate with little minds, people who don't have value for their own life and that of other lives. Be careful who you associate with. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took notice that these men had been with Jesus they took notice they had been with Jesus association with Jesus brought something out of them you see the people you associate with they will reflect on your life if they are foolish it will reflect in your life if they are wise it will reflect in your life why because he that walketh with wise men shall be wise a companion of fools shall be destroyed the bible said be not deceived evil communication bad company corrupt good manners that is First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. of course with the second thing which is also very critical habit that all successful and excellent people develop a life to be better versions of themselves year after year month after month is a habit of thinking taking time off to think they call it in scriptural terms meditation meditation psalm 119 verse 97 to 98 this is what the swiss psalmist of israel david said oh how i love your instructions i think about them all day long i think about them all day long may i ask you what do you think about all day long what do you think about all day long david said i love your instructions i think about them all day long then he went on to say Your command makes me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Wow. Your command makes me wiser than my enemies, because they are my constant guide. They are my constant guide. He said, I love your instructions. I think about them. There are people who love the scriptures. They love the instructions of God's word, but they don't think about them. And if you are going to be transformed by the instructions in God's word, you have to learn to think about them. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8, he said, For my thoughts, let the wicked forsake his way, and the righteous man his uh, thoughts, and let him return unto you for his gracious." When you go to verse 11, he said, For my thoughts are not like your thoughts, neither are your ways like my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, you see, We can only walk in the ways of God to the degree we embrace the thoughts of God. We can only walk in the ways of God to the degree we are able to embrace the thoughts of God. Two cannot walk together except they be agreed. If you are going to walk with God and get the best of God and receive all that God has for us, We must embrace his way of thinking. And that is what scriptural meditation does for you. When you make time to meditate on God's word, you are simply rubbing your mind with the mind of God. You must understand that God's word is God's thoughts imprint. The Bible is God's thoughts imprint. So when you think in line with scripture, you are thinking the way God thinks. And you have to learn to be a thinker generally. You remember, when... Solomon went and observed all the things. I I want to take you back to Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30. There were things Solomon saw when he went on his excursion just trying to learn about life. When you look at verse 31 in particular, he says, I saw it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls are broken down. The New Living Translation. Then, as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. As I looked and thought about it, When we look and we think, we learn. When you look and you think, you learn. When you look and you think, learn. When you ask questions and you think, you learn. When you read and you think, you learn. You must understand that wherever your mind goes, that's where your life goes. That's why you have to take charge of your mind. I've told you already, your mind involves your your will, your intellect, and your emotions. And wherever your mind goes, that's where your body goes. That's why your mind must stay sane. And for your mind to stay sane, you have to be able to. You have to give yourself intentionally to thinking the right thoughts. You know, Scripture says in Romans of the twelfth that we can present our bodies to God, but for our lives to be transformed, we have to renew our mind. We have to copy God's way of thinking. We have to embrace God's mindset about thinking. It's critical that we learn to think. And scripture gives us a syllable for thinking. What's that syllable? When we read the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, the New Living Translation says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Because if you don't fix your mind, your mind will fix you. You have to fix your mind so you can fix your place. You'll be fixed where you need to fit in life. Fix your thoughts. Your thoughts will not fix. I like that translation. Fix your thoughts. You have to focus your thoughts. It will not happen by accident. Your mind is prone to wonder. Your mind is prone to think, uh, think negative thoughts. You have to intentionally fix your thoughts on things that are positive. Just think about it. How easier it is for you to think about bad things. It's very easy. But to think about positive things is easy for your mind to worry. But it's not easy for your mind to focus on positive, productive things. And that's where meditation, intentional meditation becomes important. Find a day in the week where you sit still and you are just thinking. Think about your life. Think about your spiritual life. Think about your finances. Think about your relationship. The prodigal son. He sat down and thought, and in his thinking, he analyzed his life. Look at where I am. I think one of the servants in my father's house is even better than me because there they have food to eat. Here I am. I'm almost looking for, in fact, I actually want to eat food offered to pigs, and it's not given to me. Why don't I just go back to my father's house and go there? And when I go, I'll just tell him, I want to be a servant. I've lost my, my privilege as a son. I want to be a servant. Let me just go and try him. Because servants come and he takes them on. So let me just go and try my father. When he came back, the Bible said he came to himself. In other words, he was not himself. When he was making those stupid decisions, he was not himself. He was not thinking straight. When he collected his inheritance, when he went and wasted, he was not thinking straight. But when he started thinking straight and came back to himself and went home everything changed. Listen, you are coming back home to your father as you begin to think well. You you see, you have to think about your life and you have to also think well about God. Many people have negative thoughts about God. They don't see him as a loving father. They don't see him as a gracious father. They don't see him as a good father. They don't see him as a God who has a master plan on their lives. So they are prone to wonder. They are prone to uh, accuse God. They are prone to depression and all of those things. No. Your heavenly father is a good one, a loving one one who loves you he loves you he likes you and wants the best for you that is how you ought to think about God the Bible said the Lord God he's a son some 84 verse 11 and he's a shield he will give grace and glory and no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. Jeremiah says I know the plans I have told you plans of good and not of evil to give you a future the hope you can't think about god like this and be depressed in life you will no longer be depressed in the name of our lord jesus so focus your thoughts what are you to focus your thoughts on things that are positive things that are honorable things that are right things that are pure things that are lovely things don't think that people don't like you don't think that somebody wants to kill you all of those are negative thoughts Think about the fact that people like you, favor is yours, doors are opening to you, you are accepted, you are loved. Think about these things. And when you think positively about these things, your life will be moving in a positive dimension. So, number one habit is a habit of learning. And when you learn well, you must think about the things you have learned. That is how they are going to be impactful to you. And when you think well, you must learn to also speak. And that is a third habit that all successful people cultivate is a habit of positive speaking. Yes, positive speaking. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Whoa. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. How come when you speak you are depressed? How come when you speak you are not excited? because probably the words you are using are wrong words you are using words like i'm ugly you are using words like nobody likes me uh, you are using words like i'm hopeless you are using words like i cannot do it these words are self defeating words and you must learn not to use them use positive words i am favored i am blessed i am i am exalted far above principalities and powers speak positively into your life you are getting the job speak positively Speak positive words. The Bible said "The tongue, your tongue, not mine, your tongue can bring death or life to you and the choice is yours. The words you speak, they can bring life or death. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When we speak the words of God, we are speaking life and spirit into our situation. I know that things may be tough, but what does the Bible say? It says, when men are cast down, Thou shalt say, there is a lifting up. The economy may be challenged. What does the Bible say? My God shall supply all my needs according to the economy of heaven. Not the economy of Ghana or your country. So learn to use, speak positive words use words that advances people use words that build people up let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth that is proverbs chapter 4 verse 28 and i'm not just talking about using words on other people by using words on yourself unwholesome words should not come from your mouth to other people and unwholesome words should also not be used on you when we think about unwholesome words we think about just words used on other people sometimes we use unwholesome words on ourselves i can't make it I am nobody. I'm a failure. Those are unwholesome words. They keep your soul uh, uh, in a state of sickness. They are not healthy for your soul. But rather, learn to speak the words of God. And as you begin to embrace this habit and walk in the reality of uh, and, and, and walk, live perpetually under the positive influence of good words, I see you fulfill your great destiny in Christ. You are moving forward. You are excelling. You are becoming all God has ordained you to become. God richly bless you for being part of a broadcast today. We look forward to having you join us same time next week as we bring you another exciting episode of Excel today. God richly bless you. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you. Join us again and again. God are blessed.
0: The- Pastor Afuako has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or... Email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30am to 11am for our good news service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 8pm. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata about Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you.